May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. How do I know? How do I know if I'm good with God? That is the question that started Bible information class last week when I, when I started with the regular, hey, any questions that have come up with you, you know, for you through the course of the week, that's the one that was asked. How do I know that I'm good with God? He said he had been reading and he saw in the Bible how there were going to be people on the last day who called themselves Christian, who said they followed Jesus that weren't going to go into heaven. And he said, how do I know that's not me? How do I know I have the Spirit? And, and the discussion about that question kind of roamed around different topics. We talked about feelings, right? How, how sometimes you're really feeling close to God, right? You feel like you've got the Spirit and sometimes not so much. We talked about guilt. You know, if I really were a Christian, would, would I still be so, would I still struggle so much with, with that particular sin? So how do I know? How do you answer that question? Not with just, you know, words to, to make them stop thinking about it or, or to, uh, you know, just kind of say something nice that might make them feel a little bit better. But, but really answer it with, with the truth, with honest, accurate, scriptural truth. Needless to say, we didn't get very far in the printed material prepared for the class that day because a good chunk of the time was spent on that question. But it was a great class. Digging into God's word for real answers to questions that matter. So how do I know if I'm good with God? Hard not to ask that question, especially when you read the first verses of our text today. The gospel from, from the gospel according to St. John chapter 14. That's from when Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples the night he was betrayed. So just before he died, he's having this conversation with them. And he tells them, I'm giving you peace. But then we read how this text starts. And I don't know about you, but I get more of a stress vibe from what he says than, than peace. Look at this. He says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. I'm going to pause right there and ask you what that does to your peace level. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. The, the Greek word for teaching there is the word logos, word. And the word that's translated obey there, the, the root of it means to guard or protect. Like there's something so valuable and precious that you will do everything to keep it. So just as easily we could translate that, that line, anyone who loves me will guard my word. Either way, what does that do to you? What does that say about us, about me when I don't always obey about us when, when we don't always protect fight to protect that time for God in his word and Bible stuff even worship and the flip side is just as scary right anyone who does not love me will not obey so so does that mean when I don't obey that means I don't love God 
And what does that do for peace? Before we go, let's read the rest of these verses as Jesus continues speaking. Right after he said that, he says, These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. In other words, this isn't just Jesus saying some words to, uh, uh, you know, make us feel a little bit better. Just, you know, here's just some stuff to say. No, this is God's word. When Jesus speaks, he speaks God's word. He is God, and you know how God's word works, right? It does what it says. It accomplishes the thing it says. I mean, think about how how the world got here. God said it. And it was. That's how we were brought into existence. God spoke, and his word does what it says. So Jesus says, this is what we're talking about here. Then he goes on. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. This is God's word. Peace for you. How do I know? Well, our questions are answered in the powerful word. Right? This peace Jesus gives for us is real Because Jesus, the Word, remember he was called the Word made flesh, because of what the Word did and what the Word tells us about what he did. The Word is truth. So what does the Word say? We don't obey like we should, right? We deserve punishment. We deserve hell. That is truth. But God so loved us that he gave his one and only son to pay that punishment for us. That is truth. And the one speaking here says, I've said these things while I am still with you. Literally, alongside of us. He he was here in person to take our place, to be our substitute, to die and to rise again, to give us victory over sin, death, and the devil. That is truth. He said so and he did it. The word gives the answer to how I know I'm good with God. Jesus, the word made flesh, is the answer, and then the word proclaims what the word has done. So how do you know you have peace with God? Well, the first thing, your questions are answered in the powerful word. And then as you keep going, we see that gifts are assured through his powerful gifts. So Jesus told them that he was speaking to them while he was alongside them, while he was with them. That Greek word is para. So right alongside, right right with us. And then, of course, after this, so, so this happened before what we saw last week in worship, right? So the ascension. Um, after he said this, he later was taken up into heaven. So he was physically with them here, and then he left. But... You hear what he says here. He promises some things, right? He promises to be with them always. He promises that he and the Father would come to the hearts of his people. He promises that they'd make their home in us. He promises that he would send the Holy Spirit, the advocate, he calls him. The, the Greek word there is paraclete. Remember, Jesus said, I'm speaking to this, speaking this while I am with you, paraclete. 
and then I'm going to send one to be with you, the one called to be with you, the Holy Spirit, the, the paraclete. So there, as Jesus sending the Holy Spirit, that's a pretty powerful promise, and we saw it fulfilled in a pretty powerful way with the reading that Vicar just read, right? On Pentecost, we celebrate this day when Jesus fulfilled that promise of sending the Holy Spirit, and, and it was such a powerful thing. The whole city heard that sound of the wind and the flames of fire over the apostles' head and the word they were given to speak in all of those different languages so that everybody could understand this word about Jesus. It was an amazing thing. 3,000 were brought to faith that day. The Holy Spirit was poured out. And the truth is that that very same thing is happening today. As God, as Jesus, pours out his Holy Spirit on us. And I say that because of how Jesus describes what it looks like when the promised Holy Spirit comes. Right? Did you catch? He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's what Jesus promised about the Holy Spirit. So no, we probably don't see flames of fire over each other's head today. We don't hear that sound of the wind. We're, we're not even speaking miraculously in other languages so that more people can understand us. But Jesus is keeping his promise. He never promised those things. Those were given as a special gift for that special day so that attention could be brought to the work of the Spirit, that work that he continues by doing what? By teaching all things and reminding us of what Jesus has done. And that's exactly what the Spirit does here. All right, John, one of the, the gospel writers that the Holy Spirit inspired to, to give us record of what Jesus has done, towards the end of his gospel, he talked about the things that he wrote down. He said he could have written about other things that Jesus said and did, but then he said, but these words are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. Here, the Spirit reminds us of everything Jesus did for us. That's the message of the Bible, so that your hearts are assured with these powerful gifts. That's why Jesus said there is peace for you. But he defined that peace really specifically, right? He said it's not, it's not the world's peace. When the, when the world looks for peace, it's looking for peace militarily or politically. It's looking for cessation of fighting. It's looking for, for people to just get along. It's, it's looking for a feeling of peace. And Jesus says, that's not what I'm talking about. The peace that Jesus gives is objective fact. It's not subjective and fleeting feeling. The peace Jesus gives is real Regardless of how we feel, the fact stands. Because of Jesus doing his work, because of the Spirit connecting us to that work, the fact is that I have peace with God. He loves me. He makes his home with me. His word declares it. Your baptism proved it. The supper reassures it. You have peace 
with God. Objective fact that, that sometimes we feel subjectively, but it is always absolutely unconditionally, objectively true, even when we're not feeling it. That's something that the world doesn't get, but the Spirit gives. And there's another thing. You notice that that he said that the the world gives peace in a different way than Jesus does. So so it's not even that it's just a different definition of peace. It is given in a different way. It is received in a different way. The best the world can do to give peace is to speak some empty words and say, oh, it's all going to be okay. Don't worry. Whether or not it actually is going to be okay. But Jesus gives peace by objective facts. His perfect life, his innocent death, his glorious resurrection, his ascension to the the ruling throne of, of heaven, his sending of the Holy Spirit, claiming you in your baptism, strengthening you through his church, through his word. That's why your heart doesn't need to be troubled. That's why you don't need to be afraid because Jesus sends his spirit to you to give you peace. How do you know? The proof is right here. His word. God has never been wrong. He doesn't change. Peace he gives to you. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. In Christ, amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise and confess.